Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Tuesday, April 25th. Ian Cameron, uh, Alex B. Smith is uh, off this afternoon, uh, but he will be back tonight for the uh, BetCast. Uh, and by the way, we might as well, since I brought it up, we'll just mention it and promote it once again. Another Stanley Cup playoffs live BetCast tonight, uh, Tuesday, April 25th, obviously tonight. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time, uh, live betting and commentary with the crew and guests, our viewers and listeners joining us, drinking and courage, DM at Bobano on Twitter or email Bobano350 at gmail.com to request a spot on the BetCast. We will send you the link for it tonight. we got three games for the BetCast tonight. Do or die for the Islanders as they try to avoid elimination against the Carolina Hurricanes in Game 5. And then we got two Game 5s tonight with the series knotted at two games apiece with Minnesota, Dallas, and of course, LA and Edmonton. So a nice trifecta of hockey playoff games tonight. So make sure you join us for the BetCast tonight, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, it's great to have our guy, Ben, back with us here on the show. Ben, how are you enjoying the playoffs? Uh, how have you enjoyed it from an entertainment standpoint? And how have you been doing from a betting standpoint here in the playoffs? Yeah, so just from, um, I appreciate you having me on again, Ian. Um just from an entertainment standpoint, I was telling you earlier before we started the show, this is like, uh, I would say my strong second year, really like, you know, watching every game and paying attention to everything. And, you know, I'm just blown away. I'm every single night. Um, I'm so tuned in, you know, the stars, the wild, that's a great series. And then Rangers and Jersey, which I'm from Jersey. Um, so that's awesome to see them going back and forth. Um, also this Edmonton and LA series, there's just been so much entertainment, all these, um, Bet, uh, these controversial calls like this and that there's so many things to be entertained by um, especially betting wise as well like you've seen pretty consistent results with all these games you know you see the lightning and the Leafs they've gone over every game you see or I believe every single game I could be off one but um, then we see the Kings and Edmonton keeping games very close we see the Stars and Wild this you know, we thought every game would be 3-2, but we're seeing some breakouts here and there on certain score lines. So just from an entertainment perspective, it's been amazing. Betting perspective, it's been really consistent. Uh, we're, I believe, 16-8-1 so far on the on the playoffs. So I'm happy with that. Nothing like a 26-3 and run like last time, but I'm super happy with the, um, with the way we're going and just the formula we're putting up. And, yeah, let's just continue to kill it. It's it's been an awesome series in, in all the games. You're muted. It's been a, a great playoffs. No, there's no doubt. Um, the action on the ice has been great. Um, the officiating hasn't been, and I know they're already in the chat, everybody talking about the officiating. It's been awful. Uh, and to be honest, it's it's marred some of the games, but not enough to the point where, oh, geez, it's so bad I can't even watch. No, mm -hmm. but it's it's definitely negatively impacted some of these games and the effect on the result in some of these series as well with the officiating, which continues to be night after night controversial and a lot of times not very good. I ranted and raved about that. Both Alex and I did yesterday uh, on the show. And, uh, you know, they've got to really look into this in the offseason, the competition committee, and look at ways to improve things and the standard 
you know, of officiating. And it has to be held to a high standard, a much higher standard uh, than what we've seen here in the first round uh, of the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Nobody knows what a penalty is. Nobody knows what a goal is. Uh, there's just all kinds of issues right now and lack of consistency. Uh, lack of physicality is being taken away from the game because you're seeing a simple body check now being called a penalty, like for Felino the other night uh, in the Minnesota Dallas. Mm-hmm. I mean, just ridiculous shit. So they do have to figure this out in the off season and uh, iron out the standard when it but comes Ian, to And one thing I would just ask you: um, Do you feel as though like they are also not calling a lot of things as far as boarding and you know? interference calls as well like i still think we are seeing a very very physical playoff series this year like so that's the only thing that's uh been deterring me from getting so mad about these calls is because i feel like i've seen calls they aren't calling and they're letting them play as well so what do you think about that yeah i mean uh, to me they're not letting them play i think there's been way too many penalty calls uh here in the uh, first round too many way too many that islanders hurricanes game was a disgrace sunday afternoon the number of penalties that were called uh, in that game, it just there's no flow, and it mm. just completely breaks up the flow. And coaches will tell you across the league that when there are a ton of penalties and it's a penalty parade, they and there's no five on five, they can't get their best players on the ice because a lot of the best players in the NHL don't kill penalties, right? So you can't get them into the game. And when they're sitting on the bench for eight minutes because you're killing four penalties in a row, you know, you, it takes a longer amount of time for you to get warmed up and into the flow of the game, into the rhythm of the game. You know, and get yourself into that, you know, that feel where, hey, I'm on the ice, I'm doing the right things, and I've worked my way up to game speed. So it's a problem. And I'm hoping that there's some kind of NHL collective, like I said, meeting. Get on the phone with all these officials and say, you better improve your standard going into the second round or else you're not going to officiate beyond the first round. So Yeah, we saw the wild coach speak on that last night just about being rewarded and, you know, all that. So, yeah, I I definitely hear it should be based on merit. If you do a good job, you 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 ref in the second round. If you do a good yeah. job in the second round, you ref the conference finals. If you're good in the conference finals, then you get the big gig, the Stanley Cup final. And if you do, and if you don't do a good job, you're not calling good pen. You're calling bad penalties. You're calling too many penalties. The goal and the and the the some of the goal calls, some of the calls are for five minute majors. All this stuff. You're not getting it right. You, you sit down and you don't officiate again. You know it's a it should be by merit, and it usually is. So hopefully they make the right decisions on who is going to end up being uh, officials here for the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs beyond the uh, first round. We'll look back at uh, last night, of course, first, as we always do. Uh, it was a, uh, a pretty uh, entertaining night, uh, very thrilling night in, in a lot of games because every game was relatively close last night, starting with the New Jersey Devils, who now have a 3-1 to one lead on the uh, New York Rangers. And I have some breaking news to share with everyone in the chat. Uh, I don't know if it's a product of the Rangers completely shitting the bed here in these last two home games at Madison Square Garden, seeing a 2-0 series lead evaporate, and now seeing the series tied 2-2. But we all have love in our hearts for our guy, John Massey. He's one of the great uh, community members here of this Ice Guys show, and he's on our betcasts, usually in the later part of the betcasts, every Tuesday night. Well, he's already told me he can't make it on the betcast tonight. Now, I think it's something that he's got going on in his life. I, I probably as to why he can't join us, but uh, I'm starting to wonder too, if it's maybe just heart sick and depression uh, over what he saw from his New York Rangers the last uh, couple of games, because that was tough last night to watch. I thought, you know, in game one, they, uh, game three, which they lost in overtime, 
Rangers didn't play that bad. They didn't play as well as they did in New Jersey, but I still don't think the the, the, the standard of their play dropped massively from the first two games. Last night it did drop massively, and Gerard Gallant hit on it in the post game. Lazy uh, passes that had no chance of connecting with a teammate being made through the middle of the ice. Uh, just uh, too much individualistic play last night from the New York Rangers. These That's the problem sometimes when you, in certain games, now it wasn't an issue in the first two games, but it was especially last night when you have all these talented, skilled players, Tarasenko, Kane, Kreider, Sabanajad, and that's not to mention, you know, the the, the young kids too, like uh, Kako and Lafreniere. And you, you, there's so much skill, they almost want to do it themselves you know, and not really share the puck, not really make the right play that's there to be made. I thought their neutral zone play was awful. Now, look, New Jersey did a decent job defensively, uh, as they did in game three. And certainly the goalie change to Akira Schmid really has sparked them. But that was awful offensive execution all night from the Rangers. The power play, which was lighting up Jersey in the first two games, has gone silent. The offense as a whole has gone silent for the New York Rangers here uh, in the last two games with just uh, a couple of goals uh, scored uh, in these last two games that they ended up losing to the uh, Devils. So uh, all kinds of issues right now for the uh, Rangers. And Gallant, I'm glad he said what he said. I think the team needed a little bit of a wake-up call after that game last night. Uh, Wake up. You need to be better than this. Uh, And saying we were too lazy uh, and all kinds of things. So uh, definitely a situation where the Rangers certainly, you know, Pretty firm control of this series after New Jersey. I mean, we talked about the experience versus the inexperience, but what an awful job to uh, not put your foot down and, and seize control of this series uh, by the New York Rangers. And, you know, you can't rest on your laurels, too, if you're the Rangers. Yeah, you know, the Devils haven't been as good at home, and you've been good on the road, and you pummeled them in New Jersey, but you can't just leave it to chance that uh, – you know, that they're going to lose again at home in game five and in a game seven, if it gets there. So the Rangers have really invited some serious danger, you know, into the equation here with uh, losing both of their home games after having a, a two, nothing uh, series lead. And then of course the other game in the East and we'll, and then we'll get uh, Ben's thoughts on the East games after we talk Toronto Tampa, which was just absolutely bonkers what we saw there in Tampa Bay And it's one of those wins where for Toronto, again, they were not the better team for much of that game, just like in game three when they won in overtime. Tampa outplayed them. Tampa outplayed them last night again for much of that game. And at 4-1, I thought it was, oh, everybody did, you know, for the most part, except maybe our guy Alex B. Smith, because I'm seeing on Twitter, he had a plus 1,500 ticket uh, on the Leafs. Man, you know, most teams in that situation, when they made it 4-2 like they did, I would have jumped in on the live bet like I did with Colorado last night, which ended up, well, we got the draw live bet with Colorado, but we didn't get Colorado. But I still thought at the end of the day, this is the Leafs. Are they really going to pull a comeback on the road against this Tampa Bay team? So I wasn't firmly buying in to all of a sudden when the Leafs made it 4-2, that was going to lead to a comeback. But sure enough, it did. Uh, They had nothing going. Uh, That Alex Kalorn shot, by the way, which I thought was going to put the game away, was a perfect shot off the post and in. Uh, The Leafs were kind of stuck in mud in the first two periods, but the Matthews goal got them going. And all it takes is one little breakdown and slip up in your defensive coverage by Tampa Bay and you open the door for Toronto. You know, that 4-2 goal was a rush goal that was bad breakdown defensively for Tampa Bay, you know, that uh, opened the door to come back. Then they took a bad penalty after that. Matthews again with the deflection goal to make it 4-3 on that power play. And then at that time, there's definitely... Concern for the Lightning as 
Toronto had the jump. Toronto added in their, you can tell, went right to their skates, those two goals. They were all of a sudden all over Vasilevsky in the Tampa Bay zone. Uh, and, of course, another seeing eye shot by Morgan Riley from the point ties it. And then, of course, in overtime, Toronto's controlling the overtime for the most part. You can see Tampa Bay's on fumes they're, that they're you know at the edge of the cliff about to get pushed off. They take the penalty, Sergachev does, and then, of course, the point shot. Uh, from Giordano, deflected in by Alex Kerfoot for the game-winning goal. 5-4 Toronto in overtime, an unreal comeback. And when you think of the fact this Leafs franchise and all the torment that they have suffered, 56 years without a Stanley Cup, 20 years now without a playoff series win, and including a 4-1 lead in Game 7 against Boston 10 years ago in a playoff series that they lost in overtime 5-4, and now they're on the right side of one of those games last night, down 4-1 in the third, come back and win 5-4. If that's not a sign that maybe this godforsaken franchise is finally ready to exercise the first-round demons, then I don't know what is. If they don't look like that, if the last night is not a sign. It's like Ace of Base, I saw the sign, and it opened up my eyes, I saw the sign. Now you're going to win a first-round series. Maybe they are going to win a first-round series now, uh, the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, after last night. Because, again, 4-1 up in the third, lost in overtime to Boston 10 years ago in the first round in Game 7. And maybe this year and last night, in the being on the other end of that kind of outcome, down 4-1 in the third, coming back to win in overtime, Maybe that's a sign this team's ready to finally win a playoff series. And one more thing I want to point out. It's a great point. Tampa looks like, you know, they they hit a wall too. Once Toronto got skating, and they were skating all over the ice once they got those third period goals, they knew, hey, we're back in this game. Let's go for it. Let's win this fucker. Let's go up three to one. And let's put this team right behind the eight ball. And Tampa couldn't keep up. All the wear and tear, all the playoff minutes, all the games they've played the last two, three years, starting to come back to haunt Tampa Bay. And Vasilevsky, let's be honest, Vasilevsky is looking human right now. There is no question about that. What's he given up now in the uh, last three games in this series? What, 18 goals or something like that? It's ugly for Andre Vasilevsky right now. And what a great, if you watched the game on Sportsnet last night, I can't say enough about what a great job as a guest analyst Detroit Red Wings head coach Derek Lalonde has done in the studio. Now, he has a great perspective on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Why? Because he was a John Cooper disciple. He comes from the John Cooper coaching tree. He was an assistant coach with the Tampa Bay Lightning under John Cooper for years before he got hired as the head coach of the Detroit Red Wings. And you won't believe what he said in the postgame after Toronto won that game. He said that when he was with the Lightning, team did a study on Andre Vasilevsky putting all the game tape together from his early days his, you know days before he even started in the NHL to when he was all those years with the Lightning when he was there and he said in the post game that by far the number one weakness in Andre Vasilevsky's game I always said it was his glove hand you could shoot high on Andre Vasilevsky and you could beat him there whereas down low post to post with his great athleticism uh, and size, you weren't going to beat him along the ice. If you elevate the puck, you've got a much better chance to beat him. But what Lalone said in the postgame uh, last night of the Sportsnet broadcast of the game, 
He said the Lightning did a study when he was the assistant coach there on Vasilevsky's tendencies and his overall you know, style and level of play. And they said the number one weakness for him by far was tracking and finding shots from the point. And at that moment, when he said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense that Andre Vasilevsky's number one weakness is, you know, tracking and finding shots from the point. Now it's difficult for any goalie, but there are some goalies that can pick out the puck when it's fired from the blue line better than others. And for sure, Andre Vasilevsky has, Lavone said it right. And this is a guy that knows Vasilevsky extremely well all the years he was in Tampa with Cooper. He said that his number one weakness is tracking and finding shots that come in from the point. And usually it's not the hard slap shots. It's those seeing eye shots, those little tricky wristers where you take a little, you know, mustard and velocity off the shot and it's just floating in on you. Like, and what did we see in this series? We saw Morgan Riley, a little wrister floater, you know, off a faceoff win from the, you know, from the point area. Vasilevsky couldn't pick it up, couldn't track it. It's in the net. Last night, the tying goal. That made it 4-4. Again, Morgan Riley, a little seeing eye wrist shot from the point. Vasilevsky can't track it, can't find it in the back of the net tie game. And then, of course, in overtime, what did we see? Uh, Mark Giordano's point shot. Now it was deflected. I don't think any goalie's stopping that. But still, he didn't track. He couldn't find that puck. And by the time he did, it was in. That was a great deflection. I think you have to cut him a little bit of slack for that, that goal because the deflection in that spot no goalie's going to stop it, but there is definitely truth to what Derek Lalonde is saying. There is no question about it. He has a big problem, a big issue right now, finding the shots from the blue line, tracking them. And when, again, when you can't see the puck, when it's being shot from that far out in the blue line, you're going to have a tough time stopping it and keeping it out of the net unless someone in front of you blocks the shot. And obviously it didn't happen on any of those occasions. So it was an unbelievable piece of analysis by Derek Lalonde to mention that. It's almost like he's exposing you know, Andre Vasilevsky, you don't think every fucking team in the league now is going to hear what Derek Lalone said and do the same thing the Leafs have done the last couple of games? That's, and Toronto's going to stick to it in game five, Ben. Mark my words. Game five, when they go home to try to close out the series, do you know what they're going to try to do a lot? Wrist shots from the point. Get traffic in front of the net. Take away the eyes of Vasilevsky. They, 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 they know it now. They've seen it in action. The guy can't track pucks well from the point when they're shot from that area. Uh, Derek Lalonde is now saying it. It's the number one weakness by far in Andre Vasilevsky's game. I mean, it's almost like he's like put the book out there on Andre Vasilevsky, at least to a certain degree, in terms of the best way to beat him. And Toronto has certainly gone to that well with those point shots, and they have had success beating Andre Vasilevsky with them, including last night. So just unbelievable stuff from Lalonde uh, mentioning that uh, in the post game last night. Uh, ben, let's uh, get some thoughts from you on the two games that we saw in the Eastern Conference last night, Rangers, Devils, Leafs, Lightning. Yeah, and I think I may need to um <clears throat> I think I may need to put you on a song, man. Over here with the 90s karaoke killing it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but uh, I enjoy it. I don't know if anyone else hey, does, but I do. <laughs> hey, Auto-Tune does wonders, just trust me. <laughs> um but no nah, great um great analysis love the breakdown um yeah so i didn't get to um i'm gonna more speak on the devils and rangers and leafs and lightning uh because those are the ones I, I really had um stake in um and i was just more tuned into um so i think i agree with you completely last night we saw the um 
we saw the Rangers just play extremely lazy. I think you nailed it on the head with with the with the passes and and just everything overall. It was just a complete lazy effort. Um, and I actually I want to give a shout out to Perlo in the chat and who's just a consistent person on the ice guys I see all the time. Uh, when Schmidt got um, announced to come into goal, I posted on Twitter Rangers and over three and a half, and he was the first one to say Devils win. Uh, they play great in front of Schmidt. And, you know, my angle was I don't think they're going to come into MSG down 2-0 and, and get the victory. But, um, you know, hats off to him. He kind of nailed that on the head. And I'll and I'll say this. I think we're seeing all, all season we saw the Devils come back from deficits. Um, just in games, in, in their season, they've just been impeccable all season, even though I've been their number one hater and I'm from New Jersey. But we've seen them do impeccable things all season. We've come, we've seen them come back and win in overtime. We've seen them down 4-0. We've, we've just seen them bring back deficits. So in my opinion, after seeing them win two games in a row, I kind of feel like we're getting this feeling of we did in the regular season in game. Now we're getting it in series, if you if you can kind of follow what I'm saying. So I think the um just the age and and look, I mean, the Rangers have great playoff experience. I think everyone on that Devils team, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if any of them have seen uh, the playoffs yet. Am, am I right or wrong on that one? Majority of them have not. Dougie Hamilton's played some playoff games. Right, Andre Pallott, a lot of playoff games with Tampa. Uh, but there's a lot of – majority have not played any playoff games till this year. Yeah. Right, right. So, so I think that's um. So yeah, I just think we're we're we may see Jersey steal this one. I think that that grit and that hunger from those young guys, and you know, they got two guys who have been there before, so they can maybe lead them in the headspace, um, and giving them confidence um in front of their net and feeling like, hey, let's just get back to what we did in the regular season. We feel confident with our goalie now. And let's just let's just get the puck to the back of the net and and run over any team in, in any situation. Let's not give up. Let's that's what they're doing right now. And all hats off to the Devils. Uh Jack Hughes looks amazing. He looks fast. He's scoring goals. Uh he looks good. Um and yeah that's that's my biggest thing on the Devils and Rangers. I I, I really think we may see the the Devils come back and, and take this one. Um, Leafs and Lightning, amazing game. Um, super up and down as far as like the third period. I thought that was probably, I had the Lightning. So that was, I gave out Lightning plus two and a half. Let me look at my exact play. Cause this was my only, this is my only worry. So I did Lightning plus two and a half, over one and a half each team goals and over and a goal in the first period. So that saved our night. And honestly, going into the third period, I was just hanging out with my dad. We were watching the game, and it was 4-1. And I was like, shit, I just need a Leafs goal. Like, And then, you know, I had Tampa money line as a side bet for myself. So I was like, all right, if we get the Leafs goal, we'll secure the money line, and we'll secure the um, the same game parlay. What happened? Leafs come back 4-4 and win it in overtime. Um, I think they I think they deserve that win. I think they showed they showed up at the end of the period, and like you said in your analysis, is this the is this the time they come back and they, they get through the first round exit? Um, I think they opened up at minus one fifty to win the series, and the Lightning were around plus one forty five, plus one twenty five, um, and I was I was very tempted to take the Lightning at that at that price, um, 
even before they got into the playoffs, I still, even during their losing streak in the regular season, I still think their veteran ability was going to show in the playoffs. And, and it did in moments. Um, but, you know, when we see, when we see a team come back from four to one in the third period in, in a, in an important game to get yourself up in the series or tie it up, um, you know, it, it, show, it speaks, it speaks volume. So, in the end of the day, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for the Leafs to to win this series, and that's that's my hope, and that's what I'm cheering for. I don't have any wagers on it, but from an entertainment perspective, I think they deserve it, and just from a you know hard work perspective, I think they um they're doing their thing. Um, Avs and Kraken, I didn't watch the game. I didn't have any money on it. I think I knew I felt the the Kraken were gonna come away with that one. I was leaning towards the under. Um, I didn't put it. I just think that, okay, Kraken tied it up. They're doing what they're doing. As they're doing what they're doing, what they were doing all season is giving this us this iffy feel. So I think they tied it up. It is what it is. I still think Kraken, are, I mean, Avs are still going to come back and win that. I still, you know, I think they're just doing what they've done all season. Um, they had a terrible start to the regular season, and they come back and they win the conference. So I think we'll kind of see the same type of situation with, with that um so that series doesn't interest me as much from a betting perspective it's cool but it, it's just not as entertaining as the rest in my opinion um vegas and winnipeg i don't have much to say i didn't i don't want to like spew bullshit um i didn't get to watch that game full through but um i think you killed it on the analysis and we'll just leave it at that I mean, uh, as far as the West goes, um, there's not much to say with Vegas and Winnipeg. They're just undermanned, yeah. and Vegas is be- Winnipeg's undermanned, and Vegas is better. Okay, right. that's just what it boils down to in that series, and especially they were already without Josh Morrissey. Nikolai Ehlers hasn't played a game yet in this series, and then they lose Mark Shifley early in that game with the shoulder injury. He doesn't come back. I mean, that's just tough. I mean, it was already bad. You were down to five D in Game Three, which you lost in overtime, and last night you were down a forward you know, for much of that game. And to be honest with you, Hellebuck has not been at the level he needs to be. He's been okay, but he needs to steal a game or two or three in this series for the Jets to have a chance to win. And he's not playing well enough at that level in this series. And to be honest with you, Laurent Brossois, man, this guy continues to just be strong, really, really good for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And I think that the Jets fans kind of pissed him off last night with the, uh, you're a backup chance they were us uh, giving him last night during that game that is um yeah he basically shut them up uh with his performance last night in that game so vegas is in control winnipeg is banged up and uh, i don't see a road back for the winnipeg jets it's probably a situation where uh it's a matter of when not if vegas closes that one out uh and then in the uh, colorado seattle look i give the crack and credit this is a resilient bunch and they deserved that win last night they completely dominated the game in the first period. Colorado got a little bit better in the second uh, and then ended up tying it 3-3. And I thought it was going to get away maybe from Seattle again that, wow, Seattle just played so well in the first. Even in the second, they didn't play that bad. You know, Colorado just capitalized on the few chances they had. And I'm like, oh, how is Seattle going to respond to this? Sure enough, they hang in there. Third period, they got their game back on the tracks again a little bit. Uh, and then they ended up winning in overtime. They got the power play. It was a right call to give Seattle a power play there in overtime. Uh, and it ended up being the uh, game winner for uh, Jordan Eberle uh, last night for the uh, game winner and the first playoff win 
at home in uh, franchise history for the Kraken. Now, all of a sudden, we've got ourselves a 2-2 series, and the Kraken have life. Kraken have a shot. It's not going to be easy. You know, Colorado still got a home ice advantage. Two of the last three games uh, are going to be in Denver. Uh, but they didn't make it easy on themselves. Colorado could have made it a lot easier on themselves going up 3-1 last night. But now they've welcomed in some potential trouble. And we saw, obviously, the hit by Kale McCarr on Jared McCann. Um, I don't know what they handled this properly. They should have just given him a five-minute major and a game misconduct right there. And then we would probably wouldn't have to worry uh, about you know whether he gets suspended today or not. And sure enough, he did have a hearing with the Department of Player Safety. And from what we have learned, it is going to be a one-game suspension here for uh, Kale McCarr uh, uh, with this uh, hit that he had on uh, Jared McCann last night. So one-game suspension, which means he will not play uh, in Game 5 uh, tomorrow night in Denver for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. And, uh, yeah, it's a huge loss. But let's be honest, they played a lot of games this year uh, without uh, Kale McCarr. All right, they played a lot of games this year without Kale McCarr. Bowen Byram and Devon Taves are worthy replacements in terms of eating up those minutes that are lost without Kale McCarr. Uh, don't you know? Totally throw out the uh, the possibility Colorado can win tomorrow night even without uh, Kale McCarr uh, in the uh, lineup. But uh, certainly it does help Seattle, and it still does hurt Colorado not having him in there for uh, Game Five last night. Um, so there you go. Those were my thoughts on those two games. Let's give Seattle credit, you know. And again, though, for the Avalanche, it's concerning to me. McKinnon and Rantanen, man, other than those two guys, we're not seeing enough from Colorado's other, you know, support players. Confer actually had a goal last night, but really other than that, nobody's doing anything for Colorado up front. That's You might get through Seattle with this kind of situation, you know, so top-heavy, so reliant on Nate and Miko, but you're not going to get through an L.A. or an Edmonton you're not going to get through a Dallas or a Minnesota maybe uh, in the next round uh, if you're not getting more from your third and your fourth line. you got to get some offense from those guys. and They've gotten zip from any of them. So that's something that bothers me here uh, moving forward to uh, uh, with Colorado. All right, uh, let's move on to tonight. We've got uh, three uh, game uh, fives uh, in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, and we'll begin with a potential elimination game down in Raleigh, North Kakalaki. It's the New York Islanders and Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina minus 160, home favorites, up 3-1 in the series. Uh, the total is five here pretty much across the board uh, in this game. Um, I'm going to sprinkle on the draw. That's the only bet I'm going to make as far as the side goes. Because um, I do think the Islanders, you know, backs against the wall. Whatever best effort they have, they will bring it. But I don't have faith in them winning. Uh, Carolina is the better of these two teams. Uh they were dominant in game four. Uh, that was not a very good uh, performance, I thought, from the Islanders there. Penalty trouble was a big issue. Uh, more defensive breakdowns than I've ever seen before. This notion that the Islanders are still an elite defensive team is a bunch of garbage. You know, they give up way more shots than they did last year, two years ago. Uh, that's a problem. I find their defensive blunders have been more pro prevalent uh, this year than we've seen in years past. Um, and now they go to Carolina, who, by the way, What's their home playoff record the last two years? Nine and one, something like that. Yeah, nine and one at home in the last two years in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, I think it's going to be a tough chore for the New York Islanders to uh, uh, extend this series and get it back to uh, uh, UBS Arena for game six. That being said, they're not going down without a fight. It's a prideful bunch. Still have a good goalie in Sorokin. 
Uh, you know, they've still got, you know, some uh, game breakers that have been quiet in this series. Like Brock Nelson had a good couple of games there. Uh, he's been solid, but, and Horvat, you know, he got a late goal in garbage time, but certainly uh, need more from him. You need more from Lee. You need more from uh, Barzal uh, in this series. Uh, you know, you need more from those kind of characters here if you're the Islanders tonight in this uh, game, if you're going to extend things. But um, yeah, I like here in this game, um, with the fact the Islanders need the win, and this is dangerous because Carolina is one of the best shot suppression teams in the NHL. They are excellent at not giving up a ton of shots on goal. But man, if there's ever a night the Islanders are going to be peppering, you know, anti-Ranta, it's going to be tonight with their backs against the wall and their season on the line. So uh, I'm actually going to step in here with uh, anti-Ranta over saves tonight uh, in this game as well. Look, the way I see it, the Islanders have to throw everything at the net. They have to. It's not going to be easy, but the one thing you do get because of the fact that I think even the odds makers are aware of how good defensively Carolina is, and they don't always give up as many shots uh, from the uh, to the opposing team, you get a pretty decent saves prop number, you know, as a result. You know, as Antiranta's saves prop is only 26 and a half tonight. So I like it, over 26 and a half, minus 106 at FanDuel. Again, I think for... For, for this game, and the Islanders have been outshot in the majority of the games in this series, but if there's one game for them to flip the script, it's tonight. Down 3-1 uh, with their backs against the wall. So those are the main pregame bets. Very, very light for me going into tonight. Islanders, Hurricanes draw, you know, at a very nice price here, uh, just because I think the Islanders aren't going to give up without a fight, but I don't trust them to win the game, so I'm just going with the draw for a little bit. And, of course, uh, anti-Ronta over saves here uh, for the uh, – Carolina Hurricanes as well uh, tonight in this game. As far as the total goes, I like over five. I mean, we are seeing people just bet the hell out of the under, you know, the last few games, and that's three games in a row in this series that have gone over the total. Now, the game three over was, you know, didn't deserve to go over the total, but it did. Uh, that was absolutely brutal. But this is an elimination game, and we're seeing over five minus 134 at Pinnacle. I'm going to be on the over five small, but what I will be on bigger, and I'm going to bet it, after the second intermission, you know what it is. You know what it is. You know what time it is. It's elimination playoff game. What does that mean? Third period over. We haven't talked about it at all yet in these playoffs because this is our very first elimination game of this year's Stanley Cup playoffs, and we are going to go to that well here tonight with the uh, third period over uh, between the uh, Islanders and the Hurricanes. And again, if you're new to hockey and new to hockey betting in the Stanley Cup playoffs, the premise is very simple. If the Islanders are trailing in the third period, uh, particularly by a goal or two goals, which is the ideal margin you want to see, you know, ideally it's Carolina leading by a goal or two into the third period. The Islanders have no choice but to open up, no choice but to push the attack. Their season's on the line. Their season's over if they don't win tonight. And as a result, you get more chances, more of an open flow uh, to the game in the third period in those situations. And that is what has made. Uh, over the years, the third period over, uh, such a very appealing bet. Now, you could lay the third period over pregame. There are books that offer the third period totals pregame. There's over one and a half minus 175 for the third period uh, at uh, BetMGM. Uh, that's a lot of juice. I would probably prefer over two plus 105 at BetMGM, which is available right now because uh, then obviously you don't pay the juice. You know, it obviously is going to take three goals in the third period to cash that bet. But at least if it lands exactly on two third period goals, it's a push. You don't lose. So uh, that is definitely uh, 
again, one of the uh, thought processes, one of the many uh, playoff betting strategies we have talked about over the years. Third period overs uh, in elimination games. So uh, I'm going to do a split, a little on over five for the full game, but I'm probably going to go a little bit more with that uh, over in the third period. The third period over is the stronger of the two for me. Uh, in this game. I like the third period over more than the full game over in this game, but I'll have a piece of both uh, pregame. Again, if you want to bet it now, uh, it is available at BetMGM. Uh, Chris Otto in the chat saying it's also available at Bet Rivers, and it looks like the price at Bet Rivers is a little bit better. Uh, over one and a half minus 159 in the third period for uh, this game at Bet Rivers, and over two plus 128 for the third period at Bet Rivers. So, yeah, definitely shop around, but you know, we're going to be talking about this. Uh, practice a lot third period overs throughout the playoffs uh, in elimination games uh, ben what do you think here islanders hurricanes game five yeah so this is um this is one of the series that i've actually stayed off of actually having have even had a wager on this series tonight but uh tonight will be the first time i do um i think we can kind of count this series over at this point uh just me personally um i think the Hurricanes like to play in front, and I think they're going to be good at, at protecting this lead, not only in the game, but also in the series. And the last thing I think Carolina wants to do is go back to New York and after just winning 5-2. So I think that's kind of a strong deterrent for me to stay on the Hurricanes tonight. Um, you said they're 9-1 in the last 10 playoff games. Well, the Islanders are 2-8 and eight in the last 10 games of Carolina. So that also helps with that. Um, I think this also speaks, I think Carolina has been the better team throughout this whole series. Uh, you speak on game three, um, like you said, it should have went under, um, and hurricane should have won that game. We see, we see four goals from the Islanders in the last four minutes, I believe, uh, the third one coming from a power play and the fourth one coming from an empty net. But um, I still believe Carolina should have won that game, and I think um, I think they'll I think they'll do that tonight. Um, I, I don't think they want to go back to New York. Um, I think they like to play in front. And hey, I also think the depth on this team is speaking volumes right now. Um, we have we have a couple injuries, um, and we've had a few throughout the throughout the series. And look, uh, players are just stepping up. They're doing what they need to do. And I think um, depth. Um, it doesn't matter what series you're watching, NBA, this or that. It doesn't matter. Depth, I feel, is probably the best thing you can have as a team in sports because people are going to get injured, and you need to count on your goalie or you need to count on your second defenseman or this and that to be able to pull through the same results that the first line does. So I think Carolina has done great on the terms of depth. Um, I think they're going to protect this lead and they're going to do what they do. Um, I don't want, I, I actually think minus 150 is a little, I think it's a little disrespectful. I think they should be at least a minus 165, minus 170. That's what I kind of had it priced at. Um, but nevertheless, I still don't want to pay minus 150. So I'm going to do the Hurricanes and over three and a half as the play. Um, I do like the over as well. I was seeing a couple people speak on Twitter and other talk shows on how, um, we're going to get a lot of empty net goals, um, which I think definitely makes sense because you got an Islanders team who is who needs this win badly or, or it's over. They're back against the wall. So, you know, they um, they may pay, uh, pull the goalie early. They may um, come out to a fast start. Um, 
Yeah, 150 is a steal. It's definitely a steal. I agree. It's just, I was telling Ian before the show, sometimes when you get too caught up in paying these prices and it is a loss, it, it can just hurt the bankroll. So I've just learned over betting that I'd rather pay a minus 110 to a minus 125 um, if I can. I believe we can get to four goals. So I think adding that in is basically playing the, the money line. And that's kind of how I designed the plays. Um, so yeah, hurricanes and over three and a half. I just don't think the Islanders are going to have left much left to give. And in this desperate situation, um, I don't know. I just think it's going to be easy work for the hurricanes and they're going to, they're going to get the job done tonight. Yeah. That's even money. That's like plus a hundred minus one Oh five for that, uh, bet that, uh, Ben mentioned there, Carolina and over three and a half. I think if you like Carolina at all in this game, um, that's the way to approach it. I probably will put something on that. Carolina plus the draw, you know, because that that does make that does look like it's got a good shot to hit for you, because I I do think if, if by nature Carolina's on the front foot. Carolina did Carolina score the first goal in each of the two home games they did. Yeah, and and you got to think there's a good chance that happens again tonight. Carolina scores the first goal at home, and especially because they always seem to come out strong at home uh, in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. That's going to open up the game completely because the Islanders again. There's no tomorrow for them. They absolutely have to win, uh, win this game to extend their season. So if they're trailing at any point, it's not sit-back time for the New York Islanders. Just push the pace, push the attack, and that's going to lead to that uh, more chances uh, on goal and probably more chances for goals to be scored. So getting that total at three and a half combined with Kane's money line, yeah, uh, I think that's a good combo to look at. And again, and you could – oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, to get rid of any notion of laying the minus 160, that's another great way to approach it. Yeah, I think, and I was also, you know, I like to play around with all the totals. So, um, you know, I'll look at it under seven and a half as well. Um, the only thing is I like to pay attention to, um, and actually under seven and a half, I think may actually be a better price. I'm not too sure, but, uh, but we the seen thing is though, with the, with the teasing a game like this to the, or not teasing, but putting an under yes. uh, in this kind of a game, you yes. know, same game parlay is exactly that explosion that could happen yep. in an elimination game in the third period with the empty exactly. net and desperation exactly. and season on the line. And if exactly. you're like, if they're down three, one, and there's an empty mm -hmm. net goal four one, and there's still four minutes to go, don't rule out the it's coach pulling the goalie again. Clear. You know? And that's yep. the same type of mentality I have with a lot of these totals, like with the Rangers, a yep. couple people said, Oh, let's do under seven and a half and instead of over three and a half look i thought the rangers were going to win last night and when the rangers have won it's been high scoring so we don't want to limit them same thing in this situation we saw two games touch seven so that's too close to comfort for me uh the only one we saw go under three and a half was the first game in carolina i think we see oh uh, was it in carolina yeah right yeah. it was in carolina yeah. so i think we see some type of the same game but mixed with the empty net goals right yeah, exactly. And again, this could be one of those games too, where, you know, let's be honest, they could be down. It could be one nothing going into the third. That game could tonight, and this game could still end up going over three and a half, and yes. it could even approach that five, the full game mm -hmm. total, because it could be just you know explosion waiting to happen. You just need to get to two. You just need to get two to one, and then you know you count on the empty net. That's that's really my process, and you just nailed it on the head. Even if it goes in one to zero, I'm still not sweating to the last five minutes. Yeah, definitely. So, and by the way, I think when you look at it too, by the way, I think the Sorokin prop is worth a look too. Don't get me wrong. I think like Carolina will have a lot of shots at home. That's just what they do. But I think the Islanders will also 
have more shots than normal. I think this will be one of the higher shots on goal combined from the two teams in this game tonight. So I think the save prop for both goalies, Ranta and Sorokin, might both be worth a look. As far as shot props for this game, stick with what's working. Um, for the Islanders, I'd probably go with um, Nelson, uh, Barzell. Barzell, I think, is someone that's really got to be aggressive, look for his offense tonight. And on the Carolina side, Marty Natchez, uh, over two and a half. All four games, he's gone over two and a half shots on goal uh, in this series, by the way. And same with Brent Burns. Brent Burns has just been a shooting magnet from the uh, point for the uh, uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So uh, if you're looking for shots on goal props, those are worth a look. Uh, point props, same thing, Natchez and Burns. Burns has really been chipping in nicely here. Uh, Seth Jarvis with the a couple of goals the last game. Yeah, uh, you know, sometimes this is a guy that, um, you know, can uh, get hot for the um, Carolina Hurricanes. And sometimes he's a streaky player, but uh, there's no doubt that he might be able to, uh, uh, you know, just find a little bit of the hot streak here for this uh, Carolina Hurricanes team. So uh, definitely interested to see uh, if that continues. But uh, yeah, definitely Seth Jarvis, a streaky player, might be able to uh, uh, get the Yeah, Parise Pajot and Hudson Fashing, your seesaw in 11, is right. They've actually been a pretty good line for them. Uh, they haven't always chipped in offensively, but in terms of making things happen, generating chances, they've been all right uh, in this series for uh, the New York Islanders. And uh, we'll see if they can extend this series tonight. All right, next up, we've got uh, Game 5 between the Minnesota Wild and the Dallas Stars. We've got Dallas minus 140, home favorites, 5.5 the total in this game. So I've got Dallas in the series. I really, really jumped in pretty heavy on Dallas in game four. I thought that was just, that was their spot to tie the series uh, after a bad game in game three. I still think they're the, a little bit better team than Minnesota, although it's tough. And to be honest, that was not a convincing or dominant performance in victory by Dallas. In fact, they still needed Jake Ottinger to play extremely well in that game and bail them out uh, on more than a couple of occasions. But you know, when I look at this matchup here, I'm just not comfortable laying minus 140 in this spot with Dallas because, you know, Minnesota will push back pretty hard tonight in this game now that they lost the previous game. But um, I do just I'll just sit back and hope Dallas wins because I've got them to win the series. Uh, as far as the injury situations go, obviously, Pavelski still ain't returning anytime soon. Uh, Joel Erickson at questionable for tonight, although he hasn't resumed skating yet for the uh, Minnesota Wild. So I have my doubts if he's going to end up playing tonight and returning for the uh, Minnesota Wild in this game tonight, quite honestly. Um, so as far as it goes, though, in this game, I I think at the draw, again, is going to be a sprinkle for me. Uh, again, at FanDuel, that's usually where you can get the best prices on the draw. And keep in mind, uh, we almost got to overtime in game four. Dallas hung on for the 3-2 win, and not for a Jake Ottinger save with 10 seconds to go you know, that game could have went to OT. So I like the draw here at plus 330. It's obviously worth a look, you know, in a series like this, which has been so competitive and so closely contested throughout the first uh, four games. Um, so that's what I'm looking at, just the draw. The total probably could go either way. You know, we did finally see an under. There had been a couple of overs in a row in this series, but game four did stay under the total, barely, uh, but it did stay under the total. So don't really have a strong feel for the total. Just going to look at the draw. I like both goalies, by the way, over their saves prop tonight. In this game, I like uh, uh, both goalies. Philip Gustafson uh, for Minnesota. Uh, I think with uh, Minnesota being on the road, you're going to see the shot volume go up and increase for the uh, Dallas Stars, especially compared to what it was uh, in game four. So Gustafson over 28 and a half saves. 
minus 122. But I would also go with Jake Ottinger's saves prop as well because I think Minnesota, and it's because it's only 25 and a half right now at minus 124 at FanDuel. So uh, I think both goalies can hit their save prop over tonight uh, in this Wild Stars game. And then as far as the other props that I'm interested in for this game, it's going to be probably more so shots on goal rather than uh, anything else. Uh, I do want to point out that for uh, Dallas, I think if there's someone that's going to make an impact, maybe back on home ice, because I thought he was not very good in Minnesota, but he was good, and especially in game two where Dallas romped over Minnesota, and that's Rope Hints. You know, for him to go three games in a row not making an impact, I'm not sure that'll happen. Plus 170 for him to score a goal. You know, I am interested. Rope Hints, a very good offensive player. I'd like to think Jason Robertson is, you know, someone that's going to wake up, but I need to see it before I bet it with him. He's just not at a great series. Uh, I would look more toward Hints, uh, Ben, Sagan, those three in particular for uh, the uh, Dallas Stars right now offensively. And then on the uh, Minnesota side, um, you know, Matt Boldy's really been quiet this series. I wouldn't be rushing to bat him, but Ryan Hartman, you know, just to get a point is plus uh, or sorry, minus 108. You know, I think he's been certainly noticeable in this series. You know, you could even uh, sprinkle on a Marcus Felino goal prop just because of the effort that guy's brought. Plus 590 if you really want to go bargain hunting uh, on that. I, I think Kaprizov could find the back of the net. He's had some chances. It just hasn't gone in for him the last couple. Plus 135 for Kaprizov to uh, find the uh, back of the net. Uh, one prop that's been really good in this series is uh, Matt Zuccarello. Not only to get a point, but he scored a couple of goals, but he's been good for assists plus 125 for him to get an assist, you know, is probably a, a good look. Uh, when you look at the uh, lineup combinations as well, uh, those are the main ones right now. Don't overthink it. Don't overcomplicate it. I think it's not going to be a game with a boatload of goals anyway. So you just want to limit it to just a few uh, options. Kaprizov, Zuccarello, Johansson, maybe a little Hartman point prop, a little sprinkle on Felino because he's been active for Minnesota this series. And then for Dallas, Sagan, Ben, Hintz. You know, really, really focus on those three guys for them if you're looking at props tonight. Uh, what do you think here, uh, Nick? Uh, not Nick. Uh, ben, what do you think here with uh, – I'm thinking of Nick Earl because I'm seeing Nick Earl's name pop up in the uh, chat. Uh, what do you think here, Ben, Minnesota-Dallas? Ian, how would you know my real name? Yeah. Yeah, you're not Ben. You're Nick. Straight yeah, Ben, Nick. Nick. Yeah, Straight Ben, yeah. Nick. Same game part. Ben all and along. Nick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, look, Um, this has probably been, like, to me – the the best series um the most intense series if i should say um we're tied at 2-2 um listen dallas won that game the other night because of ottinger um no ifs ands or buts about it um they gave away two strong breakaway chances to felino another one followed by uh uh caprizov and ottinger denied all of it and um we saw i was uh, watching his post game and he was saying every guy on our team is going to have moments and where they need to stand up in the playoffs. And tonight it was me. Um, that's, and I think with all the, the mishaps that Dallas had the breakaways, the giveaways, the sloppy passing they had in the first couple of periods, I think not only will we have Ottinger step up, but we'll also have Dallas step up again. I think, we went back into the locker room. We had those conversations on where we messed up and, and we're going to fix those little quirks. Now, look, the wild have a chance of being a live dog tonight, especially with the series going back and forth. Um, 
However, I I just think that we're going to see certain players on the star step up. Uh, Robertson was completely invisible last game. I saw you tweet out about that. Um, he had once one assist. He had one assist, so we got to give him that. But zero shots on goal um, wasn't producing like he usually does. Um, and 17 minutes of ice time. So I believe he should have got at least a couple shots on goal to to get that going. Um, I feel like we've also seen – me personally, I feel like Sagan, Tyler Sagan, has been the only consistent – player when it comes to scoring and assisting and shots on goal um he's hit his shots on goal uh, yeah. i think every single game uh two and a half so at minus 135 i think that's a great look for him to get to three goals tonight i agree um, one of the best shots on goal looks in this game for sure 100 yes. percent. yep yeah i think that's a good one for sure um i lean dallas but i did a i did another same game parlay um i did stars plus one one and a half um, under two and a half total goals in the first period and over three and a half for full game. The the over three and a half can be a little worrisome, but we haven't seen this go three goals yet. So I believe we can get to at least four. It may stay under the total uh, for full game, but I think we can get to four and adding the over three and a half with the under two and a half first period gets us to even money. It actually really helps the the prices when you mix the overs and unders. So that's how I'm looking uh, to play this game. Um, I But I do lean the Stars, and I think the Stars have a good chance of uh, taking the lead in this series again. Yep. Uh, I, I'm just going to cheer for Dallas. Uh, like I said, I don't really need to, you know, add to the exposure of the uh, dollars in play on the Dallas Stars. I've already you know, cashed with them in game four, which I thought was a better spot for them than tonight because I do think Minnesota will push back strong tonight. But – um, I do still think Dallas wins the series. I'll just ride out the series uh, bet, mm -hmm. at least for tonight, um, and not add on with uh, Dallas individually uh, here in this uh, game five. But I like Sagan over shots. My number one shot prop for sure in this game, definitely that. Uh, honorable mention to Miro Haskinen. Miro Haskinen, I think over shots might be worth a look. This is a guy that shoots the puck a lot from the blue line as well. Uh, the price isn't bad, over two and a half at minus 130 uh, at FanDuel. Uh, and I think at home, We've seen Miro Haskinen a little bit more willing to shoot the puck. Like It's like all the role players in the NBA, bench players. Bench players play better on home ice. You know, they shoot the ball more because they're more comfortable. I think it's kind of like that with Miro Haskinen, too, on the blue line for Dallas. He shoots the puck more at home because he's more comfortable. Look at the two home games in this series, four shots and three shots uh, in those two games. So he went over two and a half shots in both home games, Miro Haskinen, uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars. So... Uh, I like that shot prop as well tonight uh, in this game. Uh, all right, great stuff. Uh, 222 live viewers here on uh, YouTube. Uh, hit the like button. Uh, we appreciate it uh, very much. Shout out to our podcast listeners as well. We'll be back with Ben and I to talk LA Edmonton game five in just a moment, right after we hear from Gramco. Support for the Ice Gas is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. 
You can get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back, and it is time to talk about a much-anticipated Game 5 following uh, one of multiple, uh, obviously Toronto had one last night, but another incredible comeback that took place a couple of nights ago was the Edmonton Oilers uh, against the LA Kings, uh, down 3 nothing after the first period. Hockey Twitter is basically just shredding Edmonton after that first period, uh, just blasting them for how pathetic they were. And what a turnaround it was after that. They tie the game by, before the end of the second, 3-3. Uh, it ends up being 4-4 going to overtime. Uh, and then, of course, we saw what happened. Uh, the overtime game winner, courtesy of Zach Hyman, uh, to tie the series up and send it to a best of three. Starting tonight in Edmonton, series tied 2-2, game five. Uh, Oilers minus 230, home favorites, six and a half the total uh, here in game five. There is just... Huh, there is just no way I'm touching Edmonton here, even though I still think they're going to win this series and I still like their chances. This is just not value, in my opinion. Not even close, uh, as far as value is concerned. You look at this series, and every game has been pretty competitive, you know, for the most part. Uh, there have been both teams have taken turns, coughing up leads throughout this series. So you know, this is a series where no lead is safe. We've seen it on display. You know, even if you go back to a game one, you know, with that game where Edmonton had the lead, they coughed it up at home and L.A. won in overtime four to three. Uh, even in the last in the game two victory for Edmonton, you know, they were up comfortably early. L.A. ties it two two and then Edmonton does win four two. But again, L.A. erased a two goal deficit in that game, even though they lost. Uh, we saw what happened in game three. You know, Edmonton was up two to one. L.A. wins in overtime. Controversial goal, but. They get the win, nevertheless, 3-2 in overtime. And then we saw L.A. with the lead in game four, 3-0, and it comes back uh, with Edmonton 5-4 in overtime. So you've seen three games in this series, three of the four games go to overtime. You've seen both teams have trouble holding on to leads. What the hell would make you comfortable laying minus 230 with either team tonight, you know, in this kind of a series? That's the way I'd feel the same way if it was L.A. minus 230. Uh, here tonight like this is just not the price range that i want any part of for even as someone that thinks edmonton is going to win this series uh here tonight so this is another draw i'm on the draw in all three games tonight in some fashion and uh look how can you argue with it three of the four games have gone beyond overtime that we're due for one game not getting to overtime maybe this is the one but uh, i'm back on it regardless the draw here tonight with the uh kings and the oilers and i'm also going to do a little small sprinkle on uh a, a combo of two LA bets, small on the plus one ninety, a little bit more on the plus one and a half for the uh, LA Kings, and I don't take the plus one and a half puck line very often. I just I, I don't. But this I think is a game where it makes sense. Like we have seen uh, three of the four games go to overtime, one goal games. Uh, Edmonton won four to two by two goals. You know, at home in game two, and even that game, you know, it was. 
an empty net goal that gave them that two goal margin. So it was a one goal margin before that, you know, you can, you can get for the full game puck line here on Edmund or on LA plus one and a half at a reasonable minus one thirty minus one thirty five price. So to me, it, it to me, it's a situation where uh, I think if you're uh, looking at this game, uh, I do think Edmonton could have some pep in their step from the comeback win and the first period they might be worth a look in the alternative puck. That's been the trend, especially at home. Fast starts for Edmonton. Edmonton has gone 2-0 to the first period puck line. I actually am going to bet that, uh, that Edmonton minus a half first period puck line. But the game flow in both home games was similar. Fast start for Edmonton, jumping out 2 nothing. I believe in the first period of both of those uh, home games uh, against the uh, LA Kings. Yeah, it was two nothing in game one for Edmonton after one, and it was two nothing for Edmonton in game two uh, after one period. So I like that first period over as well uh, as a result too. That's the one thing we've seen in this series is we have seen the first period over cash in both uh, games in Edmonton in this series. And I think you got a good chance to see that again. Obviously, the last game between these two teams in LA, we saw the first period and the full game over cash. But the bottom line is three of the four games in this series, we've seen over one and a half uh, in the uh, opening period. So this is a unique approach for me. I've gotten going a bunch of different ways here. Over one and a half, minus 140 in the first period. Going to take Edmonton minus a half, plus 130. Uh, is the best price with that in the first period puck line. I'm also going to sprinkle on plus 190 Kings, plus one and a half, minus 130 full game puck line, LA Kings, and the draw uh, as well in this game. So it's really uh, five bets that I've got pregame here uh, with the uh, Oilers and the uh, Kings tonight, uh, but various ones. And I think I've got a good chance to have three and two, four and one or better, honestly, uh, with these five bets. I like my read on the game flow and the game script for this game. And that's what it is with these playoff series. You have to have a game to game thought process in mind of how the game flow and the game script is going to go. And I could see it Edmonton fast start two goals in the first period. Uh, so the first period over check Edmonton, first period puck line check. And then LA does what they do. They don't panic. They battle back. Their defense gets better as the games go on game goes on. And then we see LA, you know, live in the later stages of the game. So the money line's live. I like the plus one and a half pregame, minus 130 with the Kings. And again, the draw, hard to argue with that when you've seen three uh, of the four games in this series go to overtime. Plus 400 at FanDuel, by the way, with the draw uh, in this game. I especially think uh, that you've got to look at that draw at that price. Plus 400 is just, uh, it, it shouldn't be that high. You know, for three of the four games going to overtime and with how close this series has been, you shouldn't be able to bet a draw price in this series at plus 400, but you can, so I am going to take advantage of it. Uh, what do you think here, Ben, Kings-Oilers? Yeah, my apologies to anybody here and my dog. I know it's a consistent thing on this show when I'm on. Um, this has been probably my favorite series so far, the most entertaining, the most up and down, the most tight. It's just been so much fun, and I think this is a series destined for to hit Game 7. Um, like you said, you need to come up with a script for these games. Um, I've stuck to my script. Kings plus 2.5 and, and both teams to get over 1.5 goals. We were we were paying minus 135, and now with this ridiculous line change, I, I've, I can't even really understand why it shot up so much for Edmonton, um, unless it was the goalie change. I did see Alex tweet out about, uh, some goalie change, and I would it's going to be like Skinner to uh, in net for the uh, Oilers tonight. Back to Stuart Skinner. I said on the show yesterday, I think that's what Jay Woodcroft's going to do. He's going to go back to Stuart Skinner 
even though Jack Campbell came, uh, entered the game in relief in game four and played so well. I don't think you toss out Stuart Skinner this quickly. You know, and it was not just him, that bad start in game four. The entire team was awful. You can't put it all on Stuart Skinner's shoulders. So I agree with this move. You put Skinner back in. So what is this? Um, oh, Oilers roster move. Okay, I'm thinking I've read that whole that whole tweet wrong. So that was my only concern. But yeah, so we're sticking to the same script here. Look, two tight games. We haven't even seen LA lose by two. We've seen them either tie the game or win the game. Same thing with the Oilers. So this is short and sweet. We're sticking to the same formula here, plus two and a half and both teams to get over one and a half goals. It's just, it's, it's four for four at this point. And look, we may see the script change, but in the end of the day, I'm not deterring from it. Just like Ian's not jumping on uh, Edmonton at plus uh, minus 215. And uh, I agree. Most people shouldn't even jump on regulation. I think it's just too risky of a bet with these uh, two teams, especially how this series is going. I do believe Edmonton has the momentum. That's, that's the one thing, you know, when you, when you win a game like that and, and it's in that fashion, I think, um, I think it gives you momentum. It kind of reminded me of when the Kings went up like six zero uh, versus the blues. And then the blues came back and tied the game up and then it became seven, eight game. So I kind of actually felt that going in, um, with with Edmonton and LA that even though we have that 3-0 lead it, the the Oilers are going to score some goals and once they do it's going to it's going to come through I saw you also tweet that if they don't come out and score in this period it's over and they did exactly what they're supposed to do so I think we can see that from both teams LA can do that they're very savvy with their puck they score goals and in, in very unique ways um their stick handling is good. They're, they're a great all-around team, and as well as the Oilers. But you know they're they're very leaky at times, and you can't trust them fully. So, like you said, I wouldn't take them on the puck line. And I wouldn't take them in regulation. I think if you find a script that works, um, then you stick to that. Um, I, I just think this is going to be a seven-game series, and I think LA is being extremely disrespected on this line. So, I think. Yeah, if anything, rock rock with LA, but I'm still gonna take the plus two and a half and both teams over one and a half goals because that's just been straight money. I and I like it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't care what the bet is. If you've been cashing with it repeatedly, you stick to it if it keeps right. going coming through for you. And for you, that's LA plus two and a half and both teams <clears throat> over one and a half goals. So yeah, and we that, actually get that at minus one fifteen. It usually minus one thirty five, but shout out to all the Oilers fans who are just hammering that line. It gives us a better uh, price on that. So yeah, just you know, if it doesn't hit tonight, it doesn't hit. I'm still not going to be mad because it's it's worked so well. But I think it's the best way to attack this game. Yeah, and those uh, same game parlays, those creative uh, uh, ex uh, those creative creations, if you will, of Ben have been uh, pretty good for him here. Uh, in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs uh, with those as far as props go for this uh, final game. And this is the one, this is probably the one I'm most looking forward to because this whole series has been so captivating and it's not much separation between these two teams, but I like Trevor Moore for LA over shots on goal. All of a sudden, Trevor Moore, by the way, he's had six and seven shots on goal in the last two games. Now those were in LA in Edmonton in this series. He didn't go over two and a half shots on goal. So that's the risk with this prop is that game one and in game two in Edmonton, he only had three shots on goal combined, but he went flew over that the over two and a half in LA. I'm hoping it continues tonight uh, for Trevor Moore. So I like his prop 
Kempe, I like over okay. shots on goal for LA as well. Uh, on the Edmonton side, uh, there's a bunch of different options. McDavid in a game of this magnitude where you can go up 3-2 in the series. Uh, I think he'll be an active volume shooter uh, here tonight as well for the uh, Edmonton Oilers in this game. So uh, his shot on goal prop uh, as well over three and a half. Same with Dreisaitl, the two big guns. I think they both can go over three and a half tonight. Uh, their shots on goal. Uh, Dreisaitl to score a goal. McDavid to score a goal. Now that Kane and Hyman have gotten some level of confidence, maybe a little sprinkle on their goal prop as well uh, here in this game. And of course, I mean, I don't even have to say it anymore, but Evan Bouchard, of course. Uh, the point prop is the gift that keeps on giving. And I'm still seeing minus 135 at DraftKings for him to get a point tonight, which is utterly insane that the price is still that cheap on Evan Bouchard for the Edmonton Oilers uh, to get a point. And I wouldn't stop there, especially on home ice. And I think Edmonton's going to be able to get some power plays, you know, playing at home like they did in the first two games. You know, I would also maybe look at a Evan Bouchard to score plus 400. You know, we saw his Bouch bomb, as they call it from the point, you know, end up getting Edmonton going in that game four comeback uh, and plus 400 for him to score a goal. It's worth a sprinkle when you see how active he has been in the Oilers offense uh, in this series. And even to get an assist, you know, is a little bit better price than just the point prop. Point prop is minus 135. Bouchard to get an assist plus 125 at bet 99, plus 110 at other books. So uh, absolutely. And the shots on goal, because I think he's starting to really pepper that puck on net more often as well. So you could attack, and you could even go with power play points for Evan Bouchard, because he's always a threat on the uh, man advantage. So uh, any way, any Bouchard prop that you can find, is probably a good bet right now with that guy. Obviously, the point prop is the number one look, but um, don't shy away from the goal prop, the assist prop, the power play point prop, shots on goal, anything and everything, Evan Bouchard, that you can find should put some money in your pocket right now. Uh, good stuff. Uh, straight bet Ben joining us as always uh, once again here on the uh, Ice Guys show. Uh, great to have him with us. Uh, hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. Shout out to our podcast listeners. We'll be back to wrap it up with best bets right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0, takes care of your facial hair, uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4,000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant. Keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0 
will take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at Manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, it is time for Best Bets. But before we do, a reminder, patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month. Uh, goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, daily Ice Guys show betting card, bonus content, and more. Uh, make sure you sign up and subscribe, patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month. And check out the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com as well to get some great merchandise there. And, of course, the BetCast tonight, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Looking forward to it. Uh, DM me or email me to get the link for the BetCast, and we will send it to you before it begins. Live betting and commentary, me, Alex B. Smith, and all of our viewers and listeners as guests, drinking and courage. So again, DM at Bobano on Twitter or email Bobano350 at gmail.com, and we will get you the link for the BetCast before it begins tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. All right, best bets to wrap up the show. Uh, ben, what do you got for best bet? Uh, so I'm going to rock with the Hurricanes money line plus over three and a half at minus 115. Uh, I think we see Carolina hold this lead in the series. And if they get up early in the game, which they have in every home game, I think they'll continue to hold that lead. Um, Hurricanes are nine and one in the last 10 playoff games at home. And Islanders are two and eight in the last two and 10 in the last or two and eight in the last games in Carolina. So let's rock with the Hurricanes money line and over three and a half. All right, Carolina Hurricanes and over three and a half, right around even money with that as well for uh, Ben with his uh, best bet uh, for this uh, Tuesday card. My best bet uh, for tonight, uh, tough decision here, but uh, I think for best bet, I'm going to end up going with, um, you know, you can bet it pregame. Um, so I'm going to recommend it, a pregame third period over bet in this Islanders-Hurricanes game. Uh, over two. Plus 128 is available, I believe, at Bet Rivers. I would rather have the plus 128 over two rather than lay the minus 160 or minus 175 with over one and a half. So that's what we'll go with for best bet. Let's do it. Islanders Hurricanes over two plus 128 in the third period. Our first crack at a elimination game third period over this season in the playoffs. And let's see if we can cash with it. Uh, third period over two, plus 128, Islanders Hurricanes for my best bet. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Uh, hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. Betcast tonight, of course. Uh, looking forward to that. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Straight Bet Ben, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday. Enjoy the games and good luck. See you in a few hours for the BetCast, presented by National Hockey Now. 